0: This episode of Under Further Review is brought to you by Allie & Me Boutique, located at 285 U.S. Highway 431 in Boaz, Alabama. You can reach them at 256-281-9566 or shop online at shopalleyandme.com. Allie & Me Boutique is a trendy, yet affordable, women's clothing boutique. They offer a wide variety of shoes, handbags, jewelry, and gifts, as well as a vast selection of beautiful clothing. Some of the popular boutique brand names that they carry are Z Supply and Kendra Scott Jewelry. And fellas, let me tell you, if you're struggling to find a gift for that special lady in your life, you have to check out this boutique. Shop online with Allie and Me at shopallyandme.com. Again, you can visit them in person if you'd like at 285 US Highway 431 in Boaz, Alabama, and their number is 256 281 UFR is also sponsored by Will Penton with Alpha Insurance. Will is my personal insurance agent and I wouldn't trust anyone else to handle the insurance of my vehicles, home, and all other insurance-related needs. He's always available anytime, day or night. Will is someone you can trust. Will serves the Boaz community and also the Sardis, Mountainboro, Horton, a Roney, and Douglas communities in Alabama. Give Will a call today at 256 256- Five nine three four six one five or two five six three four three four six one four. We're also brought to you by this is John Connor with Howard Bentley Buick GMC. Proud to be a sponsor of this year's Albertville Agnes. We are a family-owned dealership focused on community within our town and throughout every area and person we reach in our business. We strive daily for our service to exceed the expectations of our customers. Come see us or check us out at howardbentleyauto.com. Good luck to this year's Albertville Agnes. And remember, it's always worth
1: the drive. Howard Bentley. It's good for your mom.
0: We're also sponsored by Legends Bar & Grill. If you're looking for the best wings in Albertville, look no further than Legends. Join them on Thursday nights for karaoke night or go visit them on a Tuesday night for a round of bingo. Whether you're looking for quality food or quality entertainment, Legends is your go-to in Albertville. Always a supporter of the Aggies, Legends is deep-rooted in the community. Go try some bacon cheese fries and my all-time favorite, the Legendary Cheeseburger. Legends is located at 5850, U.S. Highway 431, Suite 28 in Albertville. Call them at
1: 256-660-0600. Today's sports are under further review. The UFR Sports Podcast with Anthony Burgess.
2: 180, 180.
1: Spider 2, Wild Banana. Omaha, Omaha. The previous
0: play is under further review. Your go-to podcast to hear the latest in the sports world. We We are are live. And we are live, the first official episode of UFR Under Further Review Sports Podcast. We have my co-host, Will Penton.
3: What's up, guys?
0: And we have our first official guest, Coach Chip English of the Albertville Aggies.
2: Hey, how are you? Appreciate you having me
0: on. Oh, man, we're excited to have you here. Ready to uh, just to dive into some football talk, Coach. See what you got to to say, some philosophy schemes, just different things about yourself. Yeah, awesome. So, um, I think first and foremost, we'll just start out with you telling us about yourself, where you grew up, how you got into sports.
2: Yeah, so, um, kind of been in sports my whole life. Big baseball guy um, coming up. Started probably when I was four in T-ball, but uh, lived in Jacksonville, Florida. That's where I'm from, and all my family's from from Jacksonville. And so, um, when I was 10, my dad, um, he's in banking, and he moved to Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, which is a big banking hub, so I uh, lived there right outside of Charlotte until I graduated high school and um, played baseball um, and football since really really young age and probably fifth grade started playing basketball, played all three all the way through, and then uh, had an opportunity after high school to uh, go play college ball and and do that and so um, i got uh, i 'm one of four children, and so older sister, younger sister, and younger brother, and uh, me and my younger brother um, we did We did it all in sports as far as just playing and um wrestle basketball, baseball, you name it track we 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 tried it and did it, so um we've always been you know I tell people all the time like if i if I go camping or something right it's like the first time ever mm-hmm. because or fishing or hunting right. because we never did that growing up. My family was so sports oriented we were at a ballpark, you know or or you know doing this or that, and so we never had a season off to where you know we went camping or hunting or fishing or you know doing all that you know our family vacation over the summer was where our state or national tournament was in baseball so um we loved it though i, d- I didn't feel like i missed out you know and I, as an adult now i get to have new experiences which is fun right. in itself so yeah so it it, it was it was a, a good a good time and uh sports was everything and and still is for the most part in regards to um you know how i do and what i do and stuff so
0: so so when did so you played college ball? You played football in college, right? I did. Yeah. Okay. Did you did you play baseball in college? I did not. You didn't. I okay. didn't.
2: Um, my senior year, <laughs> it was a funny story. I actually started taking BP with a couple of my guys, a couple of guys. I went to a small school in in Kentucky and um, started taking BP. And uh, they were down a catcher, and that's what I played in high school. And they're like, "Man, you should come." And I'm like, "I wasn't going to start. I knew it, I knew it, I wasn't you know uh, too crazy thinking about it, but." Um, I'm like, do I want to spend my senior year in college catching bullpens? (laughs) Probably not. So, uh, it would have been a cool experience to go do that, but I was married with a child at the time already. And, you know, a senior, I was looking, you know, onto the next phase of life and, uh, it just wasn't the timing, but, but yeah, football was especially what I played in college. Yeah.
0: So at what age, uh, did you realize that, that football was your sport?
2: Started playing, um, young probably six years old and um, loved it and it was one of those things where football and baseball is just kind of what, what I did I mean it, it it was never a thought of oh I might do this or or even if I like one or the other more mm-hmm. probably when I got to high school I realized um you know I have an opportunity after high school to play football and uh leaned leaned heavier on that but I love baseball I love basketball I had great coaches Um, coming up. So it was one of those things where it was just – it kind of emerged, if you will, at the high school level. Probably when I was a sophomore in high school, I realized I probably have an opportunity. And so um, really dove into it and and did the full recruiting and did all that and stuff. So, um, But loved all three and really feel like um, the other coaches and players that I, I had an opportunity to play with, uh, really helped me on the football side of it, you know, whether it be basketball or baseball. So, I uh, really enjoyed it.
0: Awesome. Awesome. So, t- tell us a little bit about your high school career as a quarterback, you know, just some some stats, some general recruiting um on chip English in high school.
2: Yeah, so um I had a decent career, played in the Charlotte League, which is kind of like the Birmingham region. Yeah. Um and we we were a smaller school. We just bumped up to 4A, which is the largest classification in in North Carolina. So we were playing the Mallard Creeks, the independences, um, with Chris Leak and all them. And, and so, uh, had a really good opportunity to see speed and see talent and, and go up against that stuff. So had, uh, you know, in college or in, excuse me, in high school, I was a three-year starter, probably had around 6,000 yards, oh, wow. um, passing, um, you know, had, a, had a solid career. Yeah. Uh, my biggest problem was, so I'm, I'm, I was six foot, 185 pounds. And, um, didn't grow anymore after eight after eighth grade so um you know when everybody else catches up with you and and does that so uh but it was good i I really felt um my sophomore and junior year i was recruited by some acc schools and Mm -hmm. had some really good visits as a junior and uh through for like 2200 yards as a junior and did some good things and um I was like second team all conference behind Chris Leake, right. and so yeah. just being tagged with his name yeah. was pretty cool. That's and, saying something for um, sure. Yeah. But anyway, had some recruits up in Virginia, uh, Wake Forest, places like that. Um, ended up closer to end of my junior year, going to, uh, you know, like visiting Richmond and and William and Mary, places like that. Um, and then uh, my senior year, I got hurt my ankle. I hurt my ankle and my shoulder and. Missed a couple games here and there, and um, again, didn't grow anymore. So, uh, with the injuries, some teams, I was on the bubble, on the bubble, and, and never never ended up getting an opportunity for a scholarship. So, uh, coming out of high school, even though I was kind of recruited heavily and went through that process, I didn't have an opportunity. So, went to a D3 school, Greensboro College, for a year. Okay. And then uh, had a good experience there, but wanted to wanted to explore other options. and. Um, a former coach of mine friend was looking, was at the college level looking for a quarterback and so Pikeville College which is now the University of Pikeville in Kentucky NAI school uh, went up there through for them they said hey come on up went to camp um, so I ended up transferring to, to Pikeville College and um, he said hey at the beginning of camp hey if you, if you start I'll, I'll cover you up I'll give you a full ride if you start well, I'm already here, Coach. I mean, okay, you know. Ended up starting and 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 ended up getting a full ride, which is really the, I guess the goal, right? For most for most kids. So, I uh, had a really good experience. Met my wife. Went to the national playoffs for the first time in school history there, and um, had a good career and and met a lot of people and a lot of friends and uh, mentors that are still there. Good deal. Good
3: deal. What would you say is the biggest transition from going to that high school level?
2: Well, even though I played in a really tough uh, conference in high school, um, even going to the D three school, people don't realize. I mean, D three school there is big time ball there, right. and uh, and even NII So, really, just the speed of the game. Anytime you go a level up, the speed of the game is is that much faster, and um, you know you, you're you're the you're the big fish in the small pond in high school. Right. And when you go to college, you're you're the small fish in the big pond. So you have to go through that adjustment emotionally and 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 physically and all that stuff. So um, that was the biggest challenge for me is the speed and and just um, not automatically being the starter, right? You right. being on the back burner and mm-hmm. and how to be a good teammate and from the from from a different position. So ended up ended up starting as a sophomore at, at uh, Pikeville and had a good opportunity there. But uh, yeah, it's. It, it was it was it was majorly different in regards to and I'll give you a quick story in high school when I ran the ball and if I saw a little corner I would say i'm gonna i'm gonna truck' em. <laughs> i'm gonna i wanna try to run' em over yeah and uh in college I try to do that um and a corner you know just yeah stood me up cold <laughs> and I realized then okay even though I'm six foot one ninety five or so uh I'm not trying to hit college corners right and so uh you know the strength the speed of the game uh was the biggest adjustment for me and thankfully I made the adjustment but uh that was that was a learning curve for sure good
3: deal. what coach would you say is had the biggest impact on your career
2: man I've had I've had some really good ones you know uh a guy by the name of Jody Grooms um when I first started on varsity as a as a sophomore in high school uh he was my coach and uh he would act like my best friend all day long but when it would come game time I was like what did I do wrong coach right. <laughs> you know but it was uh you know he really molded me in understanding um understanding the game and cover coverages really and and doing that sort of thing and uh, he it was very personable he had a great relationship with all the kids and and that's what I try to take from him is um one teach and then all you know always love on the kids too yeah. so um we gotta find a way to do that as coaches and, and he really impacted me on that regard and um I'll always kinda kinda hold that with him. But I've you know being a being a young coach coming out, the head coaches that I've served under has also played a major role mm-hmm. in what I do. Uh Mike Newsom, who is at A. L. Brown High School right now, and then Mike or uh, Coach Massey, uh who, who hired me out of college. Mm-hmm. And so those guys have really, really molded me. I was young, I was I wanted to impress them all the time. Yeah. And uh, they guided me in the right direction. And I tell people all the time, I might not know, I might not be the best coach by any stretch, but I at least know what it's supposed to look like because mm-hmm. because of the mentors I had. Right. And so, you, you, if you always have that standard in place, um, you're always reaching for that goal. And I feel like I had some good ones.
3: That's good. All right, let's dive into some ball talk here, Coach Anthony's an offensive guy. I'm more of a defensive guy. Yeah. What are you? Where do you fall?
2: I am definitely an offensive guy. Okay. Um, I appreciate the defensive side of the ball, no doubt. Um, but, I, you know, I played defense until um, I was a sophomore, until I started at quarterback, I, you know, middle linebacker and quarterback. I played all the way through. So, I kind of ha- – I mean, I have a good understanding, obviously, scheming it up offensively. You, you know the schemes defensively. But um, offense is definitely where, where I'm, I'm, I'm at and where I've served not only as a player but as a coach my entire career. Um, there's times where I wish I would have served on the defensive side of the ball, uh, especially as an assistant. Cause I think there's value in that coaching both mm-hmm. sides of the ball. Um, but I've, I've, I've been offense the whole time. I really, I love it. I love developing, um, you know, quarterbacks, wide receivers is really where I've been my whole career. And, um, when I became a head coach, I had to learn, I had to learn offensive line. Uh-huh. That was a, that was a huge factor in, in understanding that stuff. So, um, Todd Hagler, who was a former uh, coach that I served with um, in Kannapolis, he really taught me the X's and O's. And so when I became a head coach, uh, I was able to kind of grow and, and really understand that. Um, so I, I was appreciative of him and what he did for me. But offense is where it's at, man. I tell you, when I watch football games, I don't really have a – I'm not a diehard Alabama, Auburn, you know, any, anywhere really. So when I watch games – I watch offense. Right. I want the offense to succeed, and uh-huh. that don't matter who it is. So uh, I typically critique, critique that every time I watch it when I get a chance.
3: Do you find yourself in games watching it as a coach? Like, it, 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 there's no way to turn it off, right? You can't watch it as a fan. You're watching the whole time as a coach. Right?
2: No, no doubt, no doubt. If a guy misses a block, or you know, hey, if that running back misses that that cut, you know, you always you're always saying, "Oh man, power was there. Power was there." <laughs> you know, if they if he looked backside on that, you know, you always try to. Um, you always try to analyze it And sometimes I try to turn it off And, you know, it's crazy enough During football season I rarely watch college or pro football right. um, You know, Saturdays are my days with my family And then Sundays, you know, I'm up at the office Watching film And so Saturday night I might catch a little bit of a game mm-hmm. um, You know, and you might catch the Thursday night game right. uh, You know, a little bit of it before you go to bed But don't watch a ton of football Until obviously now I get an opportunity To watch a little bit more So,
0: so what kind of offense do you run?
2: we're spread you know we're very um uh, i guess rpo spread you know we we still you know nowadays the spread isn't always um passing it 40 times a game you know you try to find your leverage in the run game and so i'm a big guy that take what they give us you know if they have 5 in the box we're going to run the ball if they have 7 in the box we're going to throw the ball um it's a it's a numbers game for me in regards to i'm i want to go where they're not <laughs> And uh, if we gain somebody, you know, a lot of people count where the ball is, how many players do I have to the left of the ball and how many defenders are left of the ball? Mm-hmm. And if I out leverage you or I'll, I'll have, n- have numbers on you, we're going to go that way. Yeah. Likewise to the right, and then you try to play with it. And then when, when teams get really good and they shift and move and, and all that, now I try to manipulate the defense by, by you know, trading the tight end, mm-hmm. or having double shifts and stuff like that. So I'm a big believer in um, in finding finding places uh, that are soft in, in the defense and in the holes or leverages that I can gain. I tell you, when I first moved down to to Alabama from North Carolina, um, I met Chris Yeager, who is at Mountain Brook right now, yes. mm-hmm. and he told me he says I have a bunch of guys that run a four eight. I play a bunch of guys that run a four five. So what I try to do offensively is I try to make their four or five guy play at four eight speed and I know I have a chance. And what he does, what he what he does is he'll he's multiple shifts, mm-hmm. tight end trades, he'll he'll trade the tackle. Mm-hmm. Um he'll 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 guard he'll put the guard on one side and then shift him to the other guard. Right. I mean he does some crazy shifts, but what he's doing is he's gaining numbers. That's right. And he's making that safety that's an all American at Thompson play like he's just an average player. He's and a thing. Exactly. It's going to slow them down. Him down. One step. And that's, that's, that's the goal, right. and that's what I try to do. I try to mimic that, obviously with my own scheme. But, uh, you know, you just try to make it, it, it the biggest advantage as possible. And, and if that's shifting or motioning, or, you know, I might motion to see if a team is in man mm-hmm. or not or how they're going to roll to trips or roll back to two by two, um, those are big indicators for me. And typically I try, to, I try to do that early in the game. I try to sh- get you to show your hand defensively early in the games so now it can kind of make make the adjustments uh hopefully before you do
0: and with that we'll take a quick break we'll be back in just a few minutes this episode of the podcast is brought to you by ramey's landscape and lawn maintenance ramey's is owned and operated by angel ramirez ramey's complete a variety of landscaping duties such as maintaining lawns trimming trees applying pesticides planting flowers and grass installing irrigation systems and edging around flower beds They also offer landscape and home lighting to give your home a little extra appeal. My family and I personally use Ramey's for all of our home lighting and lawn maintenance needs. If you're looking for the best quality lawn maintenance and landscaping, give Ramey's a call today at 256-558-8344.
3: All right, so we are back with head coach Chip English of the Albertville Aggies. And, Coach, we were just talking about a little bit of offensive ball there. So let's kind of – what's it like coming into a new school and having to implement your, your system?
2: Yeah, so, I mean, it's challenging, you know what I mean? And and so in year one, you you don't necessarily know the football knowledge that your team mm-hmm. has. And so sometimes you go in and you blank slate it, right, where you, mm-hmm. everything's elementary. Um, I took the approach this year of, hey, let's see how much they know and run with it. And uh, at times it really helped us, right? right, because we were able to do some things in some games uh, that we wouldn't have otherwise. Mm-hmm. And then at other times it kind of hurt us because um, – you know sometimes if you revert back to the basics right but the basics aren't there uh-huh. right you, you there's a there's a disconnect and at times there were there, there was a disconnect this year so mm-hmm. um but it's fun you know you come in I, I came in in january so uh the main focus in january was i was meeting people mm-hmm. i was meeting the players um in the weight room what we were we were doing a new system with with coach win our new strength coach and um so really it was just a, it was getting familiar and then uh about march you start trying to throw your quarterbacks and uh-huh. and and try to kind of get a feel for you know where people are mm-hmm. uh and 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 then over the summer of course you're implementing scheme okay. and we had our spring game last year so uh mm. we had a level of we 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 introduced a lot to them on the spring okay and so and then we try to build off that of the summer but you know the thing about it, it is, is you you don't know you can't truly evaluate until you you get into a game, for sure. And people don't realize this year, or maybe they did realize. So with Albertville, um, like a Isaac Henderson, he started mm-hmm. at, at middle linebacker. Well, he played running back last year. Okay. AJ Hannon started at defensive end, but he played offensive line last year. Right. Um, so defensively, we might have had four kids that played in the same spot they did last year. Okay. Offensively. You're looking about two to three kids that played that started in the position that they that they started in last mm-hmm. year. So, uh, a lot of youth, a lot of inexperience this okay. year, and so uh, we we definitely had those growing growing pains, and mm-hmm. it showed. Um, but you know, anytime you go in, you try to you try to dive deeper week after week after week, right? And sometimes uh, you can only go as much as, as experience will allow you. Okay. And so, uh, a while while it was fun and challenging. Uh, there's definitely a lot more that we can discover and, and grow with um, mm-hmm. as we move forward, and I look I look forward to doing that. You know, when you have the young quarterback and Andy Howard, um, you know he had a great season. He really played mm-hmm. well by far uh, offensively, our our biggest weapon, and uh, he's only a sophomore, mm-hmm. and so diving in a little bit deeper, you know, where where me and him can kind of get on the same page, thought process wise, he's going to really. Uh, he's going to really take off in the, in the future.
3: Good deal. So I heard you mention spring. So y'all did implement the spring last year. You, you did go through spring training. Cause I know they gave you the option to not do spring and get an extra couple of weeks in the fall. How did y'all How did y'all manage that?
2: Yeah, I tell you, I, I decided to do the spring last year because uh, I, I felt like we needed a spring and we were able to have an opportunity to play Lee of Huntsville. And, and so able to do that, I felt like we needed to get on the field just to have an evaluation period right. and allow us to get 10 days in the spring. But... Uh, but decided to do that. But I think you know a lot of coaches. It, it came out so late; they were like canceling spring games, uh-huh. and uh, I didn't want to do that. You know, right. we, we had an opportunity. Um, Fort Payne called, and I thought that was a good matchup, a great evaluation for for preseason. Mm-hmm. But I said, Coach, I, I'm not going to back out on Lee right now. Uh-huh. And so I think next year, though, um, we're gonna we're gonna try to push it to the fall. So we're okay. gonna forego the spring. Um, But the thing about it is in the spring, you can still install and you can still do a lot of skill development because you Mm -hmm. get two hours a week. And so when you have that, uh, you're not missing anything outside of the live tackling. True. And so when we do that, uh, we're going to push it to the fall. So with with spring practice, is that not a
0: crucial time for like the newcomers to start learning the system too? I mean, is that?
2: Yeah, for sure. So, you know, my theory last year, and like I said, I've kind of changed my thought was, I'm going to have 10 days of spring Mm -hmm. and a game. Or, I get five days. You know, you start a week earlier in the fall, mm-hmm. and you get a jamboree. I'm like, well, darn. I want to see where my deficiencies are right now, where yes. my strengths and weaknesses are in the spring, and I'll have all summer to correct them. Yeah, which is true. Um, but what I found out with, with for us is you make your biggest adjustments and your biggest uh, steps forward between game one and game two. Right. You know, we, we went out against ARAB last year and just laid an egg. We really mm-hmm. didn't play well, and obviously they had a strong team and played well, and uh, we just we just couldn't get out of our own way. And, and you know, against Sparkman, although we got beat, mm-hmm. we, we really did some good things. Our run game came alive. Andy Thruitt started passing it, had some good stops. And so, in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, well, next year, if we have a jamboree, we can go in and correct the mistakes uh, like we did against Sparkman. Against Arab when it really counts, True. and so uh, I think that's the 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 what we're going to go with unless something mm-hmm. changes with the state um, or they they say you can't you can't have the two hours because if you mm-hmm. can have the two hours, you still feel like you get to, you get to touch the guys they you can you can install yeah you can do the skill development that you need to so uh, I think we're going to go with that path. That'd be good. The quarterback's got an arm. He does.
0: He, it's it's impressive. He does.
2: He's very. Um, I don't want to say slow, but he's methodical in his movement. Mm-hmm. And people don't realize because he's 6'2", 195 pounds, even though he's slow, he's covering a lot of ground. And when it comes out of his hand, it is live. I right. mean, it is live. And and uh, he did a great job of of not only throwing the ball, but reads. You know, he, he – I mean, not saying he didn't throw any interceptions because he did, but, but for the most part, as, as a young quarterback, mm-hmm. um, he, he really was adv- – Advanced or or beyond his years when it comes to reads, right. and, and you know he was going from one,
3: two, and three, and and which was really impressive for that age. That gives you so much more flexibility in an offense too, right? When you trust your quarterback to make those reads. Well,
2: yeah, because you go into it and you're like, hey, man, if they do this on the front side, be ready to go do your backside post, or uh-huh. you know. And typically, you can't do that with a sophomore, right? And so when you when you when you have that flexibility. It allows you to go a little bit deeper in the playbook, mm-hmm. or not necessarily deeper in the playbook, but just deeper with him. Right. right now, so now it's not him or him. Now it's him or him. If that don't happen, make sure you know where you where you escape the pocket from, and then go to your. Uh, some people call it the hot, but really yeah. it's just a it's just a late route out of the backfield with uh-huh. the running back. So and he was able to do that this year, and so uh, I'm excited about moving forward with him. Uh, there's no doubt we're going to build our team around him. Right, and uh, he's he's a D1 guy. And so I've been fortunate enough to, to coach um, multiple D1 quarterbacks in mm-hmm. my time, and and uh, I definitely can. I, I feel like he's one of those. Good, that's exciting. What, what do you when it comes to, to coaching
0: your quarterbacks, and, and you're talking about reading a defense? What does that look like for you? Is it reading progression? Is it sing, uh, singling in on a key defender and what they do? Safety or?
2: Yeah, typically it's 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 a read, um, and and what we you know a lot of times you have what's called half filled concept and a full filled concept. And I get all. I mean, I, I've done all that. I've researched different methods and how to do it. And and really, what it comes down to, if you're in a cover three, you have a curl flat read. Mm-hmm. So you're reading the outside linebacker. Mm-hmm. And uh, if he goes out, I throw my curl. If he goes back, I throw my my flat. And uh, or if it's cover two, mm-hmm. is that safety coming off the hash or is he not? Mm-hmm. There's right. not. There's not. I mean, people people can draw or have a whiteboard and draw up <laughs> X's and O's all they want. But really, yeah. when it comes down to it. Football has stayed the same mm-hmm. outside of the RPO and 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 which even RPO is a play action pass, right? But now we just leave the decision up to the quarterback instead of the coach. Hmm. Um, but so when you, when you look at it like that, but really it's just one person, yeah. right? So now you can go a little bit deeper and say, all right, if this safety comes off the hash, I'm throwing the post. If he stays on the hash, I'm looking at my corner route. The only person that can take that away is the corner. If he bails, mm-hmm. if he bails, I'm going to flip my hips and throw my five yard hitch. Yeah, that's that's about extent that we go to. Okay, and okay. Uh, which is a one, two, and three read, uh-huh. which you you can't get any farther than that. Yeah, okay,
0: and, and it may, it simplifies it for your quarterback and a young quarterback at that. I mean, it makes it a little yeah. Easier. And
2: we try to sync it up with his steps, right? Okay. So if I'm doing my one, two, three, by my third step, I know, I know if that safety's coming off the hash or not. Mm-hmm. Right? All right. If he if he if he if he stays on the hash, my hitch up, my eyes go right to that corner. If the corner bails now, yeah, that my second hitch I'm throwing there. If he don't, my first hitch I'm going there. So you try to sync it up and time it up uh, to where uh, not only you're reading guys, but you're throwing at the depth in which you need to as far as mm. uh, a corner route being thrown at eight, thrown at 18. Um, that one hitch allows that timing to happen. So. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's that's kind of kind of where we go with it. Have you heard of the R four? I have, it, I have.
0: Do you implement that at all? And uh...
2: some, you know, two years ago, two years ago, um, we had a quarterback that just went to Southern Illinois, Jacob Foss from Grissom. So mm-hmm. very in- intelligent guy, rocket of an arm. Um, but so we we went to the R four a little bit, and we just dis- discovered it's a fancy word yeah for what we're already doing <laughs> yeah and and again you know cover 2 read cover 3 read yeah. you know curl flat read mm-hmm. you know are the, are the linebackers splitting in the middle or are they are they dropping straight back you know and um for me my terminology I felt more comfortable with and uh so we did that for we did that 2 years ago Um, And then now there's still some good things with that or good terminologies that I, Mm -hmm. that I use in regards to some of our backside hots and stuff. Um, But for the most part, you know, the R4 system, it's, it breaks the, it breaks the defense up in different quadrants, you know, Mm -hmm. so you have your back end, and then there's like 15 zones. Well, there there can only be 11 people in the zone. So there's four zones always open and cover two, cover three, (laughs) curl (laughs) flat, you know what I mean? And so we kind of reverted back and, uh, to what I feel more comfortable with. And, and, you know, when you build an offense, and I've, of course, taken a lot of pieces from other people, but when you build an offense, you kind of have rules within the offense. Mm-hmm. And so uh, you always want those rules to make sense. And so the kids can always go back and say, nope, that'll never happen because coach told me this is this is the read. And so uh, when you build it, you, you, your new plays or your implementations have to always fit your rules. Yeah. And so you, you never try to really break the rules. Now there's certain plays where you're like, all right, you know, don't listen to anything I said on this one. You do this, but for the most part, you try to fit the rules. And the R four system is good, and it works for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, I just felt like my terminology—I felt more comfortable calling plays in.
0: Yeah, I just—I I got into that about a year and a half ago, and, and started reading into it. And I didn't know how that translated into a, a coach's life, you know, with a, with a quarterback and an offense. Yeah,
2: but. and you really have to—you really have to dive into it, you yeah. know, as far as it, implementing it, you yeah. know. And um, I listened to. Uh, Oh, my goodness, I can't think of the guy's name now, though, but he's in Oklahoma or, yeah, Oklahoma or one of them. And uh, I listened to some podcasts. I listened to um, – we got on some, some Q&A with some some live feeds. And mm-hmm. uh, I actually went and saw him saw him speak down in Birmingham two years ago and started following, following him. And my offense coordinator last year, who's the head – or, who, excuse me, who's the offense coordinator at Lee High School in Huntsville, um, we kind of dove into it, and 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 he he enjoyed it, and I enjoyed it. You know, you always love talking ball, but uh, at the end of the day, you got to do what you feel you feel comfortable with.
1: Okay.
0: So I, I I've got to ask, uh, Jump Man. Yeah. The the swag man. So yeah. Albertville's <laughs> like one of a few that got the Jump Man, I guess, contract. You, you could say with the school, right?
2: Yeah. You know, and and I knew whenever you come in as a head coach, and again, this is just me. the way I feel, I've had the opportunity to take over three programs, um, three programs that have been, um, not on its highest moment. Mm -hmm. And so when you take it over, you got to find ways or do things that you can control at the moment. And so I built a good relationship at at Grissom with the Nike reps at BSN. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I said, Hey, what's our opportunity of, of jumping on the jump man, you know, the Jordan stuff. And, uh, he came down, we had a meeting and we built the uniforms and we discussed pricing and, and the branding that goes along with it, uh-huh. and uh, you know, I think we're one of maybe four in Alabama. Yeah. Uh, so uh, it's a lot of fun. The kids love it. You know, oh, they got yeah. the they got the hooded tees, and coaches got this, and you know, our black home jerseys are the are the Jordan, and uh, we're just really at the tip of the iceberg with it. Really, uh-huh. you know, the the branding the in the in the field house with our social media, that stuff is really just starting to emerge because we got it. We got it so late over the summer, we we you, you're diving into the season, so you kind of right. had to put branding on the back end. But now we're we're really just we're we're about to we're about to blow it up. So, and, so and do there's, there's
3: there's more coming to Alberville with with the Jumpman brand as well. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. And,
2: and there's several basketball programs around North Alabama that have it. But our, our basketball programs, men's and women's, jumped on board. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, Albertville's, Albertville's – and it's fitting, right? So, black oh, and yeah. red, yeah. you know, it's, the old-school yeah. Chicago. For sure. You know, so uh, it looks better on us than anybody else. That's I, right. And nobody, sure. nobody can tell me otherwise. Yeah. Oh, that, yeah, well, me, and, me <laughs> and Anthony
3: talked about that. Some of the cleanest uniforms in high school football, yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're yeah. so nice. Yeah. All
0: right. Without a doubt, man. That, yeah, the, the, so the those white uniforms too, man. Uh, yeah. And – Here's here's something that's gonna sound silly, okay? It's it's gonna it's gonna sound funny, but I am very um, meticulous about this. So, a lot of high schools on their away jerseys, they'll put their mascot. Mm-hmm. I have, and you're supposed to put the the town name you're coming yeah, from, yeah, which is what you guys did. Yeah, so our black. I, it's
2: funny. I don't know
0: why I'm like that. I did. I didn't even know that. That's yeah, you.
2: I, so our black homes, yeah. our black home jerseys. You know, it. it, it it just has the logo right here, but uh-huh. nothing on it. You know, you want it sleek, and it has the, the the finish on the shoulders and on the sides of the pants. And then we have another home jersey that says Aggies, the red, yeah. um, which is really nice. And and those guys kind of use it as an alternate. And then our away jerseys, yeah, the white. Um, it has Aberville on it. Uh-huh. You want everybody to know, oh, who are we playing tonight? Boom, That's there it. they are. Yeah, there you, go. you know. So, okay. um, but yeah, it's fun. The guys had a lot of fun with it this year. I let the guys uh, pick what they wanted to wear each week or what uniform combo. And we're gonna do some more uh cool kinda of unveiling of it and you know, mock ups and yeah. and different things kinda of like uh Oregon does a little bit, but yeah. uh have fun with it and and I just got a social media guy so we're gonna we're gonna really
3: attack that. That's awesome. Awesome. That's a good deal. Yeah. All right. So we to ask this question second down and three on thirty eight yard line. What are you going to? Second and three. Second and three from your own thirty-eight.
2: All right. So one, the thought process is this: Can we run it and get it? Uh Because that's the safest thing. Okay. Right. What are they giving us in the box? But I'm assuming it's second and three. Mm. Second and three. Yeah. So yeah. Can you take a shot or you can you can you can right or or if you feel like you're you're running the ball well you're going to call an r I'm going to call an RPO. Okay. Right. So I'm going to call power. With something out here, so if you only have two two DBs to my three receivers, uh-huh. we're going to get it out there, and I can trust my guys to get three yards. Okay, um, you know, if you feel like they're going to stone you a little bit and do some things or take some chances, uh-huh. uh, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to take a shot. Yeah, you know, especially if it's early in the game, let's let's see if I can get one on you mm-hmm. and uh, and do that. But probably an RPO or a shot right there, and, okay. and you know, I always tell my quarterback, don't make a bad play worse. So if it's third, <laughs> if it's third and three you're in a good spot too so yeah. uh go from there yeah okay
1: well
0: so uh, kind of talk about the the road to albertville uh, you know how did that transpire how did how did you get to albertville you know from you we went you went from north carolina to grissom and, and then to albertville so what did that look like for you
2: yeah so you know i was, I was my first head job at 26 years old which is extremely mm-hmm. young yeah, yeah. um and and west caldwell we, we took over a program that was struggling and um, was able to get to a conference championship going 10 and three, um, going 10 and three in our final year mm-hmm. and, um, had some, did some good things, sent some guys to college. Um, but had an opportunity to, to move States and, uh, looked at Georgia and looked at Alabama mm-hmm. and really, uh, Grissom was the, the one who gave me an opportunity first. Yeah. So I jumped on it and, uh, loved my time at Grissom. I really did. I, I you know, I, I felt, I saw myself there for 10 to 15 years and, um, uh, you know, whenever whenever you have a, a good season or whenever, you, I guess, other people feel like you've turned a program around, um, you know, we went to the playoffs last year mm-hmm. for the first time in like 18 years and um, really had a good season, sent a kid to Kentucky, sent a kid to Southern Illinois, to Winget um, and and Virginia State and stuff and had some really good talent and some good people around me. The administration jumped on board. Everybody everybody played a part, but uh, when when – a coach told me you know you strike while the iron's hot Mm -hmm. and so typically when you have a good year um you have opportunities and so after the after the year um didn't plan on leaving at all um fielded some calls about some some programs and uh down south and then fielded a call about aberville um after the the job came open and Mm -hmm. You know, I told myself, man, you know what? I don't I don't want to go to a place that I have to feel like I have to rebuild again. Um, but I said, you know what? You can always turn down jobs. You never turn down interviews. Mm. And so I went on multiple interviews last year and uh, met a lot of people. You know, I'm still new to the state overall, but met a lot of people and enjoyed my time interviewing at places. And, um, you know, going into the interview – at Aberville I felt really good. The, the committee that they put together of, of administration and Dr. English, um, you know, meeting them for the first time, I, I just mm-hmm. felt like, wow, this could be a spot. Right. Well, they called me back for a second interview. Um, really had a good interview, and you know, we discussed the particulars and and uh, what they were trying to do and what their vision was, and it uh, kind of aligned with mine. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, we 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 settled all the details, and and uh, before you knew it. I was I was down here, and the one thing that I do regret is, and I can't I can't control this, but during that process, you know, it was COVID. So mm. I actually interviewed, accepted the position, I signed my kid early signing day on December fifth uh, to Kentucky. Um, I found found out later that afternoon that my wife had COVID, oh, and so mm-hmm. uh, I was quarantined, of course. And accepted the position on quarantine, yeah, accepted the position on quarantine um and because because I you know wanted to announce or Albertville wanted to announce it, mm-hmm. you know, I had to tell my team pretty immediately, you know, and my administration already knew, so um you know i was very I'm very transparent with that, but I had to tell my team via Skype or via Zoom, excuse me, right, um which was very disappointing for me. I really wanted to be face to face with them and mm-hmm. even though it was a difficult talk. Uh, you want to tell them and just show them how much you love them and how much they meant to me and you know they were everything to me for the last four years and so uh, that was the only thing that I regret in the transition um, but you know I, I started January 4th at Albertville and um, everybody welcomed me on board and, and really just dove in and and the guys were great you know I met the form a lot of the former staff and uh, conducted interviews and continued to work with the administration and Dr. English to try to bring, bring mm-hmm. in some of my guys. And, uh, really just, I felt like the transition was smooth and, and, uh, the process started and I commuted for about two months and then I finally found a house and moved my family down in March. And, uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're moving on along. Good, good.
0: So what, what's what been some of the major differences in coaching in uh, North Carolina versus Alabama?
2: Yeah. So, one you know the 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 A's are different and in every every state they're a little bit different so mm-hmm. i coached at a 2A school my first head job was a 2A school in north carolina but i think it would have been about a 5A here cuz they had 1000 students oh, yeah. and so um you know when i said 2A ball they're like well oh, 2A well not really i mean it it was it was bigger than that and mm-hmm. uh, if i would have if i would have the the there's we were 4A and 3A in and when i was at Canapolis which would be like six or seven at here. So I'm used to a, a higher-level ball, and mm-hmm. and so that doesn't change very much. But I tell you, in Alabama, um, you know, I, I've been very impressed by the coaches. Mm-hmm. And, listen, there are outstanding coaches in North Carolina, um, and it's probably just at the level I'm at maybe. But every coach that I face every single week is a, is a challenge. Right. And uh, even though, like last year, even though we won several big games when I was at Grissom or um, – you know, nothing was easy. Everybody's mm-hmm. scheme was really good. It was just you better have the players in order to to beat the scheme. And there, of course, there's things you can do coach wise to help yourself out and give you the advantage. But but really, I mean, you know, when we play when we play these big teams, we went down to Thompson last year. and mm-hmm. You know, on third down, they're bringing in their nickel package. Yeah. You know, we just uh, more like small college ball. And I know Thompson's in a different world of their own, but a lot of schools do that, and especially in the Birmingham region, and even up here, you know, Sparkman they're they're dressing 110, and um, you know, there's 13 coaches, and a lot of the coaches at the 7A level, even their assistants, have been head coaches or coordinators before. So you really have to, you really each week, you better bring it to the table, or, or scheme wise, or they're they're going to beat you. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that's been challenging to me, and. Uh, like I said, there's some outstanding coaches in North Carolina, but you could you could always have those one or two teams on your schedule that you know I could, I could out-coach them or I can scheme them, you know, and, right. and get it. Uh, it's just not like that here. And so uh, I will say this about Alabama. Alabama focuses uh, a little bit more on the resources of sports. I don't want to say sports are more important mm-hmm. because sports in, in North Carolina are great, and they're spitting out guys on the football field, baseball, and, and – uh, and on the basketball court, but down here the schools are willing to put more money into their sports, Mm -hmm. um, which is good. You know, that's what you want. You want to be able to provide resources to your athletes and you want to be able to do things. Um, And so when I had the opportunity to come down here, you know, of course coaches talk and they know, hey, down in Alabama, you know, they're building indoors or they're doing this or that. And, you know, I want to be where, I want to be where people are doing that. I want to be where the top level talent is. And, and so, uh, when it, given the opportunity, I jumped on it.
0: So speaking of the facilities, Albertville's got some new things coming, right? There. Yeah,
2: yeah. So w- during the hiring process, I was, I was uh, pleasantly surprised when they, they, they showed me the renderings of the new facility, the new um, kinesiology building mm-hmm. um, that's going on in on campus. And uh, I tell you, the, the school board, Dr. English, um, all parties involved, they want Albertville to be the best. At anything and everything they do, whether it comes down to academics, sports, fine arts, mm-hmm. you name it, like we want to do the we want to be the best at it. And so uh, I was really excited about the opportunity uh, when they showed me the indoor facility for for the athletics and stuff. And um, it's going to be really nice—35 yards by regulation width, um, brand new weight room. Um, it's going to have classrooms in the in that building that uh, that house all of our sports science and sports medicine. And so, and what that does, right, is it gives us an opportunity, mm-hmm. no matter what, to get work, mm-hmm. and uh, whether it be raining, whether it be cold, um, or just convenience of, hey, we're going to do all of our our runs inside today when it's February, mm-hmm. and you're worried about pulling a hammy, you know, because you go from hot to cold, and or you're not really loose or all that kind of stuff. So, um, again, it's it's our administration, it's our it's our school system saying we value what you do and here's what we're going to do to provide it for you. So I'm really excited about it. They broke ground on a parking lot, uh, which was kind of like the first phase because the building is going to be where parking is. And so starting that other parking lot was kind of like, oh, wow, you know, it's, things are happening. Um, and once they complete that parking lot, then the next phase, which is the building, goes on. And um just really excited about it, man. I tell you, we have a lot of really good things going at Albertville, and uh, this is just going to add to it for sure. Mm-hmm.
0: So... One thing I, I, I do want to ask is, you know, when you're going from um, one team to the next, you're, you're going to have varying skill sets with, with your players. How much do you adjust your offense uh, depending upon the personnel that you have and, and the skill sets that they have?
2: Yeah, you do that some. You yeah. know, if you have a back that can carry it 25 times a game, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're going to find that different run scheme that fits it a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, or if you have offensive linemen that are 300 across the board, you're probably going to run a little bit more zone concept, right, because you can mash them. Yeah. Um, if you're a smaller line like we were last year, we were uh, we were power counter heavy just because you had those angles. Um, and we ran a lot of buck last year mm-hmm. in the run scheme. So you try to build your offense. I try to build my offense to where it can sway one way or the other depending on our talent, right? Um, and so uh, like, like this year with Andy, you know, there were times, the James Clemens game, we threw it nine times. You know, uh, against Gunnersville, we threw it I think twenty times. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's just one of those things where you have to do what works or what you feel like is going to work. And uh, the offense, like I said, if we need to pack it in against James Clemens in the first half, we went like a tight end overload to one side and and tried to do some things, and we fooled them for about a half. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we knew we knew they was going to catch on at some point, but uh, you know we we were playing them I think twenty to twenty eight. Uh, with like a minute to go in the half so yeah. we felt good about what we were doing it's just a matter of uh, growing our product growing our kids you know getting more weight on them and and really that's what we want to do we want to develop them as far as they can go yeah. um, and that's really what we're working on this week is um, so we maxed after the season so if I if I look at a five ten, 10 165 pound safety you know I break I break it down during the all season so 165. I want you 170 mm-hmm. by December. Well, there's Thanksgiving in there. You know we provide nutritional supplements for the kids. And by March, I want you to be 177. All right. By May, I want you to be 180. And by July, I want you to be 182. Mm-hmm. Well, you go from 510, 165 pound safety. That's halfway decent. To a 510, hopefully 511 if they grow. But you can't always depend on that. 182 pound. Kid hmm that's a different player oh yeah. yeah and uh so that's what we're trying to do um you try to develop them to to kind of fit what you want uh-huh, and you can always uh you know you can always take a defense lineman and make them a fullback if you're a run heavy you know, but I really try to cater to my talent like you said you you can't you can't do things that the can't, kids can't do right, and so uh you just try to build around that each and every year, and thankfully, my offense it can be a run heavy or a pass heavy offense, and you can mm. kind of play with it with some of our personnel groups and and go either way. And you know, defensive wise, um, you know, for the longest time our, our coordinator Josh Reeves, you know, we ran a four two five. And so uh, you know, when you get in situations when we were at Grissom and even even here at Albertville, um, you know, where where you're not lineman heavy mm-hmm. defensive line wise, uh, you go to a odd front, you know, a three man front where uh, you know, the linebacker position we have more of abundance of, of people. So you just gotta cater to it a little bit and stay within your system and allow the kids to grow. So if we do go back to a four-two-five next year, and I don't know if we will or not, I'm just throwing yeah, it out there. Right. If you do, the rules still apply. You can still make things happen, but you cater to your to your talent. You right. know, and if you have uh, four donkeys up front that you know you can put their hand in the ground, we're gonna have four of them. Yeah. You know, and you want to put your best eleven on the field at all times. Yeah. So what does that best eleven give you? Does it give you four down or three down? One high safety, two
3: high safety. Does do we have a two tight end set, or are we four wide? Mm-hmm. You know, and it all depends on what you got. So something that was intriguing to me that that you just mentioned, that like coming from a small high school, we didn't see that. You have a you have a specific plan for each player in the off season of hey this is this is where you're at, and this is where I need you to be by the time. You know, what we get back to this point.
2: Yeah, no doubt. And uh, we started doing that at Grissom. I haven't done that my entire career. Uh-huh. Um, but what i found is, so, like, you look at that 165-pound safety and you say, hey, man, I want you at 185 by next year. Uh-huh. That's daunting. Right. I mean, to, to tell a kid to gain 20 pounds um, is it, just overwhelming to them. Uh-huh. So what we try to do and what our coaching staff's going through right now is, all right, where can you be in December? Where can you be in March? where can you be in May, and where can you be in July. And so now you're telling them to gain, hey, gain two and a half pounds over the next six weeks. Oh, two and a half pounds, that's it? I can do that. So, um, you know, you you set that short-term goal and the long-term goal, and uh, we put it in the locker, and I've done this before at Grissom last year. Man, when those kids get that weight, or when those – and not just weight, but it might be on hang clean, Mm -hmm. right? If you can hang clean 185 right now, but by – we want you cleaning 245 by the season and when they hit their goals in in march and uh-huh. in may they are excited like it's christmas mm-hmm. and uh so some of it's incentive based right you see it i want to crush it and those kids man they'll run in coach coach i just got my goal you know and all of this kind of stuff or they'll they'll come in the morning and they'll say coach one eighty-two. You know what I mean? Like, and they're <laughs> excited about what they weigh. Uh-huh. And so uh, you break it down. And I've i found that there's more success in that uh-huh. by than just saying, "Hey, let's let's work out, guys. Let's just do
3: it." No,
2: let's give a little bit more than
3: that. Let's, right.
2: You're doing the same workout. Yeah. But now there's intention with everything yeah. that you do.
3: And that just built a culture, right? That excitement builds the culture. Yeah. You that hope you're... that it does, right? Uh-huh.
2: Because once you have that momentum, or once Johnny right beside me, man, he's hitting his weight. I better get, I better get my tail uh-huh. going. You know what I mean? And, and uh, so, you know, you, you, you try to breed it with comp, competition, and, mm-hmm. and hopefully that builds and uh, kind of overtakes your team into where all of a sudden now you're in July and you look like a completely different team physically. Uh, and it's just by it's just by setting small goals for them. Yeah.
0: Just by the way, I, you know, I, I follow along on social media. I mm-hmm. A lot of the things that, uh, that you all post and everything, it's crazy how similar high school programs are becoming college-like programs. Yeah, just your the approach, and it's preparing those kids so well for if they do take that next step. Uh, just like you mentioned earlier, you have the, the nutritional supplements for your yeah. players, and yeah. and just the style that uh, Coach Kai Wynn approaches with his his lifts, and then of course the structure and organization that you bring to Albertville. It's like looking at a college program from afar.
2: Well, and you really have to at, at the level in which we play. Um, not only do you have to coach and scheme to a one high look, two high look, you know, rolling cover, you know, you have to plan your off season like that as well. Right. And, uh, you know, the, the the old saying of, hey, man, you go from season to season to season, not really. Like if they're a multi-sport, you know, athlete, mm-hmm. we're seeing them during our season. The basketball coach is seeing them. And so your your program has to be a 365 day program. Mm-hmm. And so what we do, we do try to model model it as much as possible. You know, there's things that you have to do that. Let's say I go to a clinic and listen to Nick Saban, right? Oh, Nick Saban, right? You know, whatever. But we can't do. We we can very rarely do what he does mm-hmm. at Alabama. Right. So what can we do? How do how do we modify it to to fit our needs? And uh, so although it's structured like a college, or, you know, there's still things that we have to do, you know, uh, if, if my kid is not, you know, if, if he's an offensive lineman weighing 200 pounds, it don't matter how fast he can run mm-hmm. yeah. because he's only 200 pounds. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, there's a core level of strength that we're trying to develop a core level of understanding that we're trying to develop at the high school level that is different than the college level. Mm-hmm. Um, cause they're kind of getting more of a finished product, mm-hmm. um, you know, but for us, we do try to run it like that. We try to give them, you know, the best facilities. We try to give them the best stadium, which is our stadium is one of the best in the state. Second to nine. Yeah, and then, and then you know, our, our weights, uh, the way we run things, you know, they come in every day and they're not wearing some Joe Blow cutoff T-shirt. Uh-huh. Everybody's what we call the black and reds. Mm-hmm. And uh, they look like a complete team when they walk into the weight room every single day. Um so on that end we do we tr- we try to we try to you know make sure everything's zipped up tight and and covered and mm-hmm. planned out so when we have the kids, whether it be ninety minutes a day or during the season, you know three and a half hours a day, every minute is structured yeah. and uh I've found that there's more success with that than just saying hey let's let's see what we got
0: you mm-hmm. know well and, and one thing that I noticed and I, and I admire this is you did a, you did an interview and I'm not sure who it was with, and I'd watched that interview you you spoke about. Kind of the way that you run the program, but you also focus so heavily on making sure the kids have fun, which is so, so important in, in the high school level. And that's, I feel like that's something a lot of coaches get wrapped up in of, you know, let's be the best we can be and, and win, win, win. And they don't focus on the kids having fun. So it's just, it's so cool that you have that dynamic where you're doing both.
2: You have to. And I mean, the thing about it is, is, you know, everything's funner when you win. Yeah, and everything fits under the umbrella of of winning, um, but really it's about the experience, right? I have a freshman in high school right now, my son. Um, I want his high school experience to be the best possible experience it can be, mm-hmm. you know, because we all know once you get out of high school, college is a little bit different, fun but different, right? Yeah. Being an adult, fun but different, mm-hmm. but nothing is, is is carefree and fun and memorable mm-hmm. as when you are in high school, yeah. so. Um, I think it's our jobs as teachers, as educators, as coaches, to make sure these experiences are absolutely wonderful. Mm-hmm. I'll give you an example. We're maxing this week, so we're not taking the full time in the weight room because we're getting done a little bit earlier. Well, I walk into the locker room, check on the guys. They're showering and making sure you know they're getting ready for, to go to class because we have AM lifts. And uh, somebody has gotten a little uh, a ball and got a, a pool noodle and and started hitting it. Well, the first instinct instinct that I had was shutting it down. Y'all quit playing around and log around. But I said, you know what? They're not harming anything. It's not like there's a real ball. They're enjoying themselves. They have about twenty minutes of downtime right here. They're enjoying each other's company. So instead of jumping onto them, uh, I got the bat and I joined the game with them. And so. Uh, you know, you just try to find moments like that because Lord knows there's going to be moments where you have to jump their tails uh-huh. and you have to really hammer down on them, but man, if they don't have a good experience, like what are we doing? You yeah. know what I mean? Are we winning are am I trying to win for me or am I really trying to win for them? Right. And uh, you know, sometimes sometimes you really got to evaluate that and uh every every decision that we make, right? Does it benefit our players and does it help us win? And you got to, you got to answer those questions and if any one of them is no, we don't do it you just don't do it. So that's, that's kind of my, my thought process with that.
0: And now a word from our sponsors. UFR is also sponsored by body restoration, therapeutic massage, LLC, located in the mill street, deli and little lot shopping center in Boaz offering deep tissue massage, cupping, hot stone, and much more. Body restoration, therapeutic massage is the ideal place for relaxation and much needed stress relief. Amanda Bowers, owner and licensed massage therapist, is also advanced prenatal certified. Call or text today at 256-557-6518 for an appointment or visit them on Facebook or Instagram. All right, here we are. We're back with uh, Coach Chip English of the Albertville Aggies. Um, really good conversation so far. Mm-hmm. Enjoyed it. Yeah,
2: yeah. It's fun. I'm taking a, I'm taking a selfie with everybody.
0: There we go. <laughs> so coach, uh any any pre or post game traditions?
2: Uh not too much, you know. Each year kind of develops on its own early in the year and uh last year I started slamming a chair before every game and it was kind of like a almost like a wrestling persona that I took <laughs> on. Um which was fun, but the guys like look forward to it, right? So now, like before the game, I was, you know, you're looking for a lawn chair or a uh, metal chair to, to slam, but, you know, not not really. You know, I try to wear. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm basic. I don't I don't try to go all out on my coaching gear or anything. And, you know, you just try to you try to dial it in. You know, there's so much going through your mind, especially pregame, that uh, you're just making sure you don't forget something. You know what I mean? You right. have your game day itinerary. You you know you have your walkthroughs, your pregame. You know, you're making sure the kids. I'm not a big be quiet, you can't even speak before you know i'm not right I'm not doing that I mean when, when it's time it's time, mm-hmm. you know, and if you think about it all day sometimes y- y- yeah. y- you'll go crazy so um, I'm pretty laid back for the most part um like I said when it's when it's time you know I get kind of amped up for the game i mean I, I zone in pretty good so uh, pre game like I said this year I brought the chair back out a couple games and and did that, but you know after the game you know the Family comes onto the field, you kiss them, hug them, uh, you send them home, you go back to the field house, take up jerseys, uniforms and get the huddle up and make sure everybody's gone and clean and done. And, you know, you go home. So, uh, nothing, nothing too crazy, nothing, you know, no, no special shirt or, uh, the lane, the whistle lanyard that I had, I've had since I was at West Caldwell, which is, you know, six, seven years ago. So, uh, I guess maybe that's a tradition, but I wear that every day, so.
0: Nothing. Nothing crazy. I th- I think that the the slamming of the chair on video would be mm. would yeah, be. I mean that that that's that, that that's viral worthy, yeah. right? Yeah. It might be. Yeah. It might be. I, I
2: I get kind of excited. Like I said, my wrestling persona. You know, I grew up watching wrestling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, don't watch it as much now, but uh, but man, I I you know Saturday mornings you know, in your tidy whities with pillows around. Me and my brother, we'd get after it pretty good. So, uh, it's fun. It's fun. You get out there, and, and really what you try to do, right, you try to set the mood. You try to set the atmosphere. And I want those guys to play with edge and, um, you know, and, 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 and an attitude of we're going to go out there and make it happen. And so, uh, sometimes that pregame speech turns into a hoorah moment. And right. when given the opportunity, you try to take advantage of it and get them going and, and ready for the game. All right.
3: What's, what's in the headphones before the game? What you listening?
2: Man, when I tell you I'm old school, uh-huh. I don't even own, a head- like, headphones. <laughs> okay. I, c- I don't even have music on my phone right Tim
3: now. Walkman? <laughs> you have, like, a Sony Walkman? Have- <laughs> no, I, nothing.
2: The, the
0: boom box on yeah. the shoulder. Nothing. Yeah. So,
2: like, you know, Coach – now, I'm all for, like, guys getting, 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 getting ready to play and, and coach and stuff, but um, the music selection I usually leave to some of my assistant coaches. Okay. I, I just – uh, the playlist – you know another guy another guy did this this off season so yeah i don't even listen to music is that weird is that bad everybody else yeah is every, i'm yeah. just i'm just uh yeah cuz like wherever i'm at like so if i'm listening to music like i literally want to be singing to it and and like getting you know, down right. with it. I'm thinking about the music. Right. And so, uh, I so it's
0: taking, taking you out of the, the maybe, game. Maybe okay. I've never
2: been a, a music guy. You that know? makes sense. I've never, I've yeah. never been that. Although I love music. My, my family's mu- music musical. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm not though. So <laughs> I better just stick to what I know. <laughs> <That's right.
0: laughs> so one, one thing I, you know, I, I do want to ask. So you, you've kind of got this reputation of turning programs around. Uh, the program in North Carolina you were with you at a young age, you you turn that program around, you turn Grissom around, you're going to turn the Albertville program around. What's the toughest part of doing that?
2: Probably the unknown, right? And so, you know, oh, he's turned programs, around. He's turned – I've done it twice. You yeah, know what I mean? It's all exciting. Right. That's, you know? a, that's a tall
0: order, though. That, I mean – it, it is. It
2: is. And so what I've learned, right, and knowing – so when I did it at West Caldwell, you know – one, I didn't do it, the players, you know. But you try to develop, you try to put things in place to allow people to be successful. And uh, so I had a little bit of an idea at Grissom. Again, had some help, did, had some resources, some players and different things. Um, you know, the process is the process, and, and I can't put my finger on the process. It's just, you know, I tell the kids all the time, if you do the right thing all the time, good things happen and uh that's what i try to do you try to lift you try to be consistent you try to coach them you try to love them you try to uh, make them accountable um, you try to build the program up you try to put good people around you 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 advocate for your program to your administration uh, you do all those things and and i've found success doing that and so um, you know the biggest question or the you know the the worry i guess with the challenge is it's just the unknown of when that's going to happen mm-hmm. uh, or when the, the, the click moment is going to happen. And so, uh, you know, although this year, uh, by any stretch, the wins and losses wasn't where we wanted them to be, I saw growth as a, as a coach from August to November. Um, and hopefully the right people have, have too. And so I know our kids had a level of confidence even in the last game of the season. Uh, so, you know, there was never there was never a doubt in our mind that we could compete. It was just a matter of executing. And at times we didn't do that this year. So uh, it's just the unknown. You know, is it going to happen in year two? Is it going to happen in year three? Uh, is it going to happen sometime this offseason that all of a sudden it's just going to click? You just don't know that. And that's that's the toughest part because, you know, a lot of people come up to you and say, hey, you know, when do you think? When do you think? When do you think? And you're like, I just don't know. I All I know is we're going to do the right thing all the time to give ourselves the opportunity to win football games. And uh the timing of that is sometimes there's so many variables mm-hmm. I can't put my finger on it, you know? Is it is it having a quarterback like Andy Howard? Is it is it having an indoor facility? Is it is it having a strength person in your weight room? Is it you know, what is it going to be? I just don't know. And so I know the future looks bright at Albrul. I know that that uh other programs that I've done are or taken over uh, has been in a different spot than Alberville, so everything's mm-hmm. a little bit different, but uh, I'm excited about it, and I definitely think we're on the right path.
0: I think, I, you know, I was, I was fortunate to, to be able to watch you guys play a few times this year, and I think that anyone who didn't see the progress – they just don't know football <laughs> I, because it, it was very, you said it, it not me. It, well, I, I'm just, it, it's very evident. I mean, when, when you, like Will was saying earlier, when you're, when you've coached, when you've played, you watch the game a little differently than, yeah. than most people. Um, and that's kind of the goal of this podcast, right? Is to, to really infor- relay information to people that may not know much about the game. Um, but, to see the progress that was made up into that last game. I mean, it, it was, you can see it. Yeah. It, you, you can, you can feel it. You can see it in the kids too. Yeah. You can see, you can see that they're excited Um, where, you, you know, it, it's, it's really cool to watch. And especially when you know it's growing and it's going right. to, it's getting, it's getting there. So that, that's really cool. But I, I have to ask this question, coach. So you've been in Albertville. What's your favorite restaurant?
2: Mm, you know, that's a tough one. And so, I, I I don't mind what I eat, uh-huh. which is a good thing. Right. Uh, but our go-to lately, um, my wife loves Mexican food, mm-hmm. and so Los Arcos of oh, Alberville yeah. yeah. is yeah. Uh, has I mean, yeah. has been a good spot to us. Yeah. You know, and they're quick. It's you. you we're in. It. We got five kids, uh-huh. so you know we're lugging them all in. But but when you can go sit down, eat, and get out about thirty-five minutes, and yeah. and and, and get full, yeah, yes. it's good. So. Um, <laughs> the most frequented restaurant that we've been to is Los Arcos. All right.
3: Next question. What is your all-time favorite athlete? Or who, I guess I should
2: say. Man, growing up, I had a picture of Troy Eggman, a poster. Uh-huh. And he was like, in you know, the Cowboys. And he was in a long, um, like, Texas Ranger coat <laughs> with a cowboy hat on and his shoulder pads and, you uh-huh. know, the, 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 the blue number eight. And uh, I really looked up to him and, and I thought he was the coolest guy around. And, um, you know, so I always wanted to – you know, since I was about nine, I wanted to be quarterback, and so obviously, you know, I kind of focused my attention to quarterbacks and stuff. But um, I tell you, as an adult, so Troy Aikman would be my him and Brett Favre. Brett Favre. They were yeah, some dudes, yeah. man. Brett Favre was a dealer, man, and yeah. he knew it too. Yeah. So the level of confidence that went along with with his gunslinging ability, uh-huh. uh, it, it was it was pretty impressive. Right. It was you know I kind of – you know I had that persona like man I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw for three hundred tonight, you know, <laughs> and uh, but as an adult, man, I tell you the guy that I've been really impressed with and that I've actually related to my position at quarterback uh, is Steph Curry. And I know that sounds really weird, but, you know, the quarterback position now is becoming so much more mobile and you're not just a drop-back quarterback. You're throwing off what we call off-platform. And, Mm -hmm. you know, your arm slot changes. You're diving and you're throwing. Mahomes, you know, he's crazy about that stuff. Uh You know, and what I try to do is say, Steph Curry actually – you know he's he's arguably the greatest three pointer of all time. You know whatever and, and Steph's from Charlotte and I'm from up there, so there's I've never met him or anything, but you know, uh, but he practices all his his crazy shots or his one legged shots or you know his turn and fadeaways and and uh, what I try to tell my quarterbacks is we got to practice your off platform throws. Mm-hmm. Like everybody thinks Steph Curry. Oh my gosh, what what a shot! What a shot! He practiced that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like every day yeah and so what we try to do at the quarterback position is we try to practice off platform throws. I put pressure on him, and we have what we call escapes every single day mm-hmm. um and so you know you just try to mimic that movement or that thought process of hey, I gotta practice what I'm gonna do in the game mm-hmm. and if I'm gonna throw off platform, I gotta practice throwing off platform or throwing off my back leg or you know running up in the pocket and making throws and and so uh i've I've really admired what he's done and how he's done it because you know before nobody practiced those crazy shots. Well, he actually does. Right. Yeah. And so uh, I, I'm really intrigued by that.
0: So, so with that, are you teaching Andy any no-look passes? Or is that?
2: <laughs> I wouldn't say no-look. But, but at times, if, if, if uh, you get glimpses of practice, you're probably thinking, what in the world are they doing?
0: <laughs> uh, coach, so last question here. Um, what's the most important thing about being a coach and
2: Why? man I tell you you got to love people and uh you know you can easily you can easily get wrapped up in in what am i doing what what how does this benefit me mm-hmm. um you know you you it, it's easy and and i think we all fall victim to it you know you always want to look out for yourself and your family and stuff but um what i found is the most i've had the most success when i pour into other people's lives mm-hmm. and uh coaching just gives you arguably the best opportunity to do that, but, you know, outside of teaching. So, and I got the best of both worlds. I'm a teacher and a coach. So, you know, being able to just pour into people's lives, care about others, my life has benefited so much more when I focus my attention on others, My whether it be my wife, my kids, my players, my students. Um, you know, and I think that's what it's all about, you know, really being a coach and, and how am I making other people's, you know, whether it comes down to the experience of a high school football player, um, their day-to-day interaction, you know, and and it's it's all the way from the D1 quarterback down to the guy that will never help you on Fridays. Uh, there's there's joy and satisfaction in doing that. And I think, you know, you want to be good at your craft. You want to learn. You want to see what other coaches are doing. You want to be good at X's and O's and, and all that stuff. But I think it comes with relationships. And you hear people say that all the time. And uh, I think as a younger coach, no, I'm just – I'm a good coach. I'm a good – well – nobody's really a great coach. Mm-hmm. People are great men, right. you know, or women, and, and they find ways to interact with people to get the most out of those people. Mm-hmm. And when you do that and pour into their lives, uh, you, reap the, you reap the benefits from that. So uh, I've experienced that, and, you know, a lot of people have shown me the way uh, over the course of, of my career and even growing up. So whether it be my parents, uh, you know, the, the, what they've shown and, and how much they're, uh, they give – uh, you know, it really made an impact on my life. And I want to be a giver. I want to be someone that invests in others. And, uh, you know, I found, I found that works for me. That's awesome. That's good stuff,
0: Coach. Yeah. Coach, we appreciate you being on here. Uh, yeah. It's first, been fun guys. First official guest on the under further review podcast, man, we couldn't have had a better one. Uh, we certainly appreciate it
2: guys. I really appreciate it. It's been fun.
0: You good too. luck next year. Thank, Thank you. you. You've been listening to Under Further Review, a sports podcast with Anthony Burgess. Visit us online at UFRsportscast.com and follow us on Twitter at UFR underscore sportscast. Thank you for listening. And after further review, the ruling on the field stands.
1: UFR signing off.